0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV. Ooh. All
1: right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. With Kevin and Chuck, but actually, we're using Squadcast, and uh, today Kevin is going to be referred to as the tough synth. I'm not sure what that means, but Kevin's ready to be that guy. Um, or <laughs> whatever a, it is,
2: that's me, whatever
1: a synth is. I'm not sure that's a guy or something else, but anyway, today we're going to talk about basically making your property a homestead um and kind of what that means why it benefits you how to get there and i i think we're looking more at the approach of uh you know somebody with one to maybe 5 acres but we're going to kind of cover a little bit as you know touch on kind of city living guy and you know, when you're in the little rural neighborhood with an eighth of an acre, you know, this will definitely apply. Um, and you know, obviously some good ideas you can use on your, you know, 10, 20, hundred acre farm, whatever, you know, just all the things. But I think we're really focusing on the, uh, the kind of neighborhood, uh, property and, and how, uh, you can make it a little bit more homestead, like, you know, a little, uh, A little more self-reliant, I guess, is really what it comes down to. So homesteading, it really varies on your soil, your climate, where you live, um, what's important. You know, if you live in Texas or Arizona, you know, water is is something you're constantly thinking about. Um, Nevada, something like that. Uh, But also, you know, how cold is it? How long are your seasons? That kind of stuff really affects what you're going to plant, how you're going to approach things. And everybody has different priorities. You know, sometimes water is is the absolute and sometimes water is, you know, just common and and easy to come by and you don't need to worry about it. Uh, and then, you know, some people have the super short growing season or, you know, they can do livestock. Maybe your community, you're not allowed to have any kind of anim- animals I know so a lot of communities, you can have chickens, but no roosters and things like that. And that's fine. I mean, you don't really need a rooster to get into things, but there's different things you can do. And we have some other ideas if you're limited, you know, with what you can do. So I think like the cool place to start when everybody thinks a homestead, they think garden. Let's talk about garden. What kind of things can you do and how can we like implement it? I don't know. Kevin, what are you thinking?
2: Yeah. I think a lot of people think of, of when they think of homesteading, they think of, um, you know, moving out into the middle of nowhere, you know, getting off grid, taking care of themselves and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, a lot of us don't really have the option to just jump in, you know, uh, both feet, you know, jumping in the deep end, you know, but you can kind of ease into some of this stuff. You know, some of these things are, you know, Maybe you can do one thing and not another. Maybe you can, you know, replace your water, but not your electricity. Maybe you can, uh, you know, grow some of your own food, but not all of it. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hesitancy because people think of it as something that you have to do all at once, you know? Yeah. But you can do little things, even if you, like you said, you know, even if you have just an acre or if, even if you live, you know, in a city, you can, uh, you can really get right into whatever, you know, one or two small projects and uh you know make that a focus
1: right um so when it
2: comes to yeah when it comes to gardening um you know i think a lot of us uh you know it's easy to grow a tomato plant or you know some green beans or something like that but it's also easy to make more food than you can actually eat during the growing season you know during the harvest season so a lot of it comes down to, uh, you know, how are you gonna, you know, extend your growing season? You know, I think of, uh, you know, some, some, uh, simple, basic greenhouse designs I've seen. Um, I know you, you built a greenhouse, uh, with some, with some plastic sheeting, didn't you? Did
1: you yeah. Well, I've done, I've done a few things. So, um, you know, I mean, honestly, online for 200 bucks, you can buy one of these, uh, you know, with the cheap plastic kind of poles and put together like a tent and with a cover and, you know, Mm -hmm. 200 bucks, I think can even get you like 20 feet by eight or something like that. Um, Those, the sun really beats it up. Uh, You would think a greenhouse, they might think that it's going to be in the sun and uh, plan for that. But a lot of those, the plastic tends to be good for about two years And then the sun just makes it so deteriorated. Um, I've seen people do, uh, there's something called cattle panels, which you can just go Uh to tractor supply. They're about 16 foot by maybe four foot. And it's basically just a big wire wall, if you will. You know, a cattle panel Mm -hmm. is meant for like fencing or whatever. Um, And people have made the arch, And maybe you make like a little platform on either side, you know, they'll do i I've seen people make a wood frame that's two feet off the ground and then they make this arch and then just cover it with that, you know, just plastic sheeting, um, the thickness and the the type of sheeting you buy will affect how long it lasts in the sun. But typically, you know, most of them you'll get three to five years, depending on the wind and that kind of thing where you are. But the sun is always kind of taking a toll. Now you can pay a premium and get stuff that will last longer, but it's going to cost you. Um, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with redoing it. And you know, if you do it once every couple seasons, you know, two or three seasons, that's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, a lot of that plastic
2: always... sheeting is not—it's not expensive. You're not right. You know, you're not spending
1: an arm and a leg for that. That sheet. I mean, you know, not expensive. It's all relative, but I mean, yeah, for 40 bucks, you're redoing your 20 by 10, you know, greenhouse. So Uh maybe 70 bucks. I I don't know. I just keep throwing money in tractor supply. I don't even know. I'm like, just take all of it. Whatever. Here I emptied out the coin tray and, and just keep taking it. I don't know. Um, But you know, you you don't need a greenhouse to get your, your seed started early.
2: You know, I, I did most of my seeds, you know, indoors to get them, you know, get them started. I have them set up by, you know, by a window so they get natural light, but I also have some grow lights, you know, yeah, to extend the day so I can get a little bit more growth out of the, uh, out of the seedlings.
1: Yeah. I know about you, New Yorkers and your grow lights. I know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, they're
2: making it legal in New York now, man. What are you going to do? Um... You know, another thing, though, once you, once you get your, you know, get your veggies going, though, um, you know, I've, I've had a big problem where, you know, all my stuff, you know, is ready to eat at the same time, you know, and I've got green beans, and I've got squash, and I've got cucumbers, and I've got everything. And, uh, you know, for about three weeks or or, uh, or so, I've got more food than I can eat, and but, you know, half of it either goes bad or I have to give it away. Um, you know, especially if you can't preserve it. And I think right. that's a big part of, you know, growing your own food is is being able to um either can it or uh you know, ferment it or you know, you use it in some way that you can you can save it long term. You know, uh, a lot of people use uh cold cellars, or uh, root yeah. cellars, and they're really great for a lot of vegetables. You know, a lot of types of hardier vegetables are great in a root cellar for even for, you know, a couple of months. Um, but when it comes down to it, you don't want to have to throw out all your, uh, all your produce because you weren't able to eat it all in time. So you want to be able to have it, have a way to, uh, you know, save it, save it up, you know, so you can have some during the winter and, and, uh, during the off season.
1: Yeah. If you guys, uh, have been listening to the podcast for a long time, you'll remember that, uh, there was a book that I used to rave about all the time called the secret garden of survival. And they talk about just planting stuff that kind of grows wild in your shrubbery and that kind of stuff. And how to, I mean, he takes it really far where, you know, all along his tree line, he'll have fruit trees and then different things around it. And, you know, everything kind of feeds on each other, but it just seems like normal, you know, lawn foliage or whatever. Right. Nobody, uh, you know, it doesn't draw attention and believe it or not, the stuff that he's doing, um, you could, uh, use where you're not maybe allowed to have a traditional garden. You know, if you're in a homeowner's association and they're like, Oh, you can't have a garden. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, you could be doing too. It might be something worth looking into. Plus, if you just want to get some really great yields, um, he really has some neat ideas on things being symbiotic and, uh, you know, working together and, you know, plants taking care of each other and, you know, protecting from deer and that kind of stuff. Um, Something worth looking at. It's a little expensive. Uh, He also has uh, now a uh, like greenhouse of survival. Uh, Just, you know, if you search the one book, he's got two or three other ones. I haven't spent the money on the other ones. I haven't gotten in there, but I I think the guy's name is Rick Austin has some uh, really good ideas, but bottom line, you need to kind of find a way to utilize the amount of space you have. If you can do a big garden and a fence and keep the critters out, that's, you know, one place to start. Then if, all right, well, I won't be able to do fences and whatever, Can you do raised beds? You know, can you do something small like that? And, you know, how many times have you seen uh, videos on the Internet of people in the city where they're growing big tomato plants on their porch and whatever? Everything is something, you know, any bit of food you can do, produce to kind of sustain things. And if you really look into it, some people are getting amazing yields out of really small stuff the nice thing about being stuck in a small city or something like that is you have so many less predators coming after your, you know, you're not going to have the rabbits coming up on your balcony. You know, You, you may have birds and there's different things to tackle, but everybody's tackling birds. So, you know, you have one less problem to worry about and, you know, just something to keep in mind that, you know, there are some, ways to increase production. And if you start implementing these things, you can really, you know, do it. Now we've done episodes on talking about the soil and, you know, different types of fertilizer things you can do. Um, now there's another thing like eggs, right? Chickens. They're awesome. Chickens can, uh, you know, provide breakfast every single day and it costs you very, very little, to maintain. Um, yeah, like chicken I, scratch. I throw uh, I throw about two cups of feed to feed 25 chickens every day. And then the rest, it's kind of free range. Right, um, that right. two cups of feed, I buy it in a 50-pound bag for about 12 bucks, 13 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not too expensive. Uh, and again, I really could do less than that. My chickens are kind of fat. Um, They could be more free range. And yeah, two cups feeds 20, you know, 25 chickens. Like I said, I don't even need that. I could do a third of it. I think the big thing, the reason I throw the feed is it makes sure they don't wander off and go say, wait a minute, I'm getting my own food here. Why am I staying where this guy's stealing my eggs, you know? Right. Um, You know, you got to keep the goose fat where they want to be. Chickens right, and I awesome. think uh,
2: you know one of the other yeah. benefits of uh, of chickens is you know the amount of uh, insects in your yard they take care of. You know they cut way yes. down on the ticks in your in your yard. A lot of the, you know a lot of the the insects that that you don't want.
1: Um, when, when I I first got my property here, I couldn't walk to my barn, which is about a hundred yards away, without honest truth, at least like two ticks on me. You know, at the end of the day, every day. I would mm-hmm. have ticks on me and I'm like, what the hell? This is like insane. And that was even, right. you know, cutting the grass and being on it. And again, when you have a lot of grass, you cut it a little bit less than maybe a small front lawn, you know? Um, uh-huh. So you end up with it being in the high ground. Um, the, after having the chickens, I, I, I guess my wife had a tick yesterday on her, but I haven't seen a tick on us. It's probably been about, well, I mean, I know you're saying, well, it's winter. But it's. I would say in the last year, and we've had chickens for about a year and a half, maybe two years. In the last year, I think there's been two ticks total. It's mm-hmm. that, that few. Um, right. So, yeah, they definitely put a herd on, you know, what's out there. So they do take care of business. Uh, people always think roosters are the noisy ones. Um, roosters can be noisy and can be really annoying. You can get one that's just crowing all day long. Um, yeah, I've got one of them. My rooster's pretty chill where he doesn't really make much noise. You'll hear him maybe three, four times a day, but I do have a few hens that when they lay a freaking egg, they're out there squawking for 20 minutes and just Mm -hmm. annoying as hell. They bother me 10 times what the rooster does. So I don't know you know, these homeowners associations are like no roosters. And I'm like, yeah, I have some hens I can bring over that. And it's funny, mm. the more traditional chickens that uh, I've bought are a lot less problems. It's the fancy exotic ones that are, I, I don't know if you use the word diva or, or what Yeah, they no, are, I know but... what
2: you're talking about. Those goofy ass looking chickens yeah. that those, you know. are those, those are
1: the noisy People love
2: those though because they look so fucking weird, but they they don't they're not really great,
1: you know. Yeah, they're I mean it is also it more is likely trendy. to get diseases. I do have like I get green eggs and blue eggs, and you know I I would say probably I don't know probably forty percent is white eggs, thirty eight percent is brown eggs, and then you know the we rest is the weirdos. mix of blue and green. Although I got to yeah. say, the ones that lay the blue and green, not only are they extra noisy, they're the ones hiding the eggs in all the obscure places. You know, I have to climb <laughs> up on the roof and find some eggs or, uh, you know, crap like that. Where you're like, ah. Um, so chickens are great. Now, maybe you have some kind of homeowner or ordinance. Um, sometimes they say no livestock and, and there's different interpretations of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but another good one that you definitely can maybe have more options with is rabbits. Um, rabbits are, rabbits, are, are real easy to take care of too. Really easy. Um, you know, with and 4 they breed like and rabbits. Stuff like that, they do, they breed like rabbits who knew and mm-hmm. believe it or not for the cost of feed, you can actually get more meat per pound of feed out of your, uh, rabbits than you can out of a cow. So mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive to be able to, you know, turn it around. Plus they, like Kevin said, breed like rabbits, you know, you're always getting a new supply. It's fresh, it's quality meat. And honestly, the more city like you are, I don't know. I feel like there's always a market for rabbit. You just have to kind of, you know, do some research and kind of cultivate it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you maybe kind of put the idea in the local restaurant guy, you know, kind of year or, something and there are people if you talk and connect and I know I I'm part of a like a rabbit group on Facebook that you know you see different things people are doing and just ask the community you know how you find a market like that and yeah. there's a lot of opportunities um yeah. I mean one yeah thing, if you, you have know, more property go ahead one thing
2: you know when it comes to any of this livestock um you know, you you have to be your own butcher to really make make money on it. And the second thing, you have to be your own veterinarian, you know. Some of these animals get some, some minor, you know, some minor issues. And you don't want to have to spend, you know, $500 figuring out why one chicken
1: is, is fucked up, you know. That, that's so, why rabbits and chickens are nice because don't tell anyone I said this because I, I care about animals and whatever. Right. But they're dispensable. To, yeah, you can just stop yeah. them to death. Yeah, just get get rid of that shit, right? I mean, come no, on. I, I, just I don't know if we stop them to death. I don't know <laughs> if that's the what I want to put out there, but um, yeah, no, they they're you know they're not something you're necessarily going to the vet to for, but talking to the vet, you can have good ideas. But definitely, there are groups on Facebook. You can kind of reach out to the community. Um, Once you get into the more expensive animals, like a a goat or a cow or, you know, as these things, then you do Mm -hmm. kind of require going to a vet and talking to people and special medicine and, you know, different things. It's the level of involvement, you know, you want to get Mm -hmm. into. Again, if I didn't spend every minute at freaking work, then maybe cows are right. And, you know, they're not horrible. It's just they're you're upping your level of commitment, your level right. of time and involvement. You know, people right. think, "Oh, the they're same. neat. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with with chickens, and you know, yeah.
2: you have to, you have to. Every morning, you know, you can't take a day off. Every morning, you have to go out at six thirty and let the chickens out. Right. And you know, you can't just, uh eh, it's Saturday. I don't feel like getting up. I'm gonna sleep until nine, because then half your fucking chickens will end up, you know, suffocated or dead. Yeah. Because you didn't um, feel like getting up and going out there. I just yeah, started yeah. doing uh, ducks last year.
1: Um, you don't have to scare everybody with 6.30. I don't know if it has to be quite <laughs> 6.30 in the morning. I, I know I'm not getting up at 6.30. But, uh, yeah, no, that's definitely You can have you kids, too, though. Cause... And the sun's the sun's out cooking and you're in hot summer. You wait yeah. till ten thirty, eleven o'clock, you are going to have some dead chickens out there because – They'll cook in that ha- coop. Now, the reason you're shutting them in is because because uh, you're worried about predators coming at night and getting in the coop. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I have a lot that sleep in trees and, you know, don't even bother with the coop, but a lot don't. And honestly, mm-hmm. the ones that sleep in the coop at least are the ones that I can find the eggs. And, you know, right. the other ones I find the eggs but it's because they laid it in the back of the pickup truck or you know uh-huh. whatever and i'm like yeah oh, you bastard you know you... <laughs> but they you know they, they're, they're there's a level with everything and it's the same thing going out and collecting eggs way easier than you know butchering a chicken or butchering a rabbit it's all your level of commitment you know what you're right. willing to do uh maybe a happy in between for your next step is like a goat because goats one they're pretty resilient and tough Uh, my wife's always reluctant because uh when they have when they breed um you do end up with dead baby goats and things like that pretty pretty often you know you'll have two or three and then one will be dead and you're yeah so that kind of thing is is something you know but you're, it's not quite the commitment of a cow, you know, and, and the involvement there, it it just is all relative. Yeah. When Um, I had, uh, when
2: I had goats, uh, you know, they, I lived on a farm that had goats. They weren't specifically mine, but they're, um, you know, they're really easy to take care of. If you have enough progress, you know, you can really just set them loose and they'll take care of themselves, you know, right. Same thing with the chickens. You want to, you're going to give them a little bit of feed. um, But but the the amount of milk they produce is is amazing. You know, some of these go- goats will do you know as much as you know five or six gallons a day, and that's a lot of milk. Right. You know, and now you're <clears throat> making cheese, soap. Yeah, you can make a lot out of goat's milk, and honestly, you know we're all used to drinking cow's milk, but you know, in my opinion, a, goat's milk is is much better tasting. You know, I See I always prefer guy. goat's milk, the goat's cheese. Um, and, it, you know, it's one of the things that I, I think is in, maybe an old wives tale. Maybe it's not. But I have a friend that only drinks goat's milk and he says he never gets poison ivy because of it. He says really? it makes him immune to poison ivy.
1: That sounds now, like good advice there.
2: That's, um, I don't know if it's true or not, but it, he swears
1: by it. Another thing uh, is uh, animal skins. People don't mm-hmm. think with rabbits. Um, turns out, uh, you, I don't know if you guys ever read or, or were read the uh, Velveteen Rabbit and had the nice fur and everything. Th- those are Rex rabbits. I'm just saying. All you right. You can have, yeah, you can have your, own, your own rabbit skin. But I would recommend when you're trying to sell your wife on the idea, don't say this is the Velveteen Rabbit. They, right. That that doesn't don't go. Don't humanize.
2: Well. Don't humanize your animals.
1: Because when you do that, they're like, oh, wait, we can't kill yeah. that. And the Tupperware and like, in
2: the refrigerator says Bert. You know the the yeah. rabbit Bert. And you got the yeah. you know. And then your kids are crying because they're eating they're eating their pet rabbit. Yeah. Don't make them pets. If you're if you're gonna get That's, rabbits it's to eat, it's funny don't make when them pets.
1: you when you go to the <laughs> the county fair, you always see the rabbits and it's like broiler and and uh, uh stew and they all have the the fun names to uh match what they're gonna be when you eat them right
2: and there are so many ways to eat rabbit you know Yeah. there's hundreds of different recipes different ways to prepare rabbit and it you know it's not a bad tasting meat if you haven't had rabbit i'd recommend you try it out yeah um one of the other yeah, things, things that I, I fun yeah i want to get into for for you know, homesteading, uh, you know, starting off is, is some of the, some of the basic stuff that you can do to actually, a lot of the, a lot of people I know that do homesteading end up spending a lot of money on homesteading, you know, it costs more money to do it. And that shouldn't be the case. Um, you were, you want to do these things to make money. And, uh, you know, there's some, some things that, you know, selling eggs and meat is, is a great way to make money. Um, but also, you know, things like milk and cheese, um, you know, you mentioned soap earlier, you know, you can, one of the, one of the easiest ways to make money at home from homesteading is making soap because the market, the cost versus the the price to sell it is, you know, huge difference. You can make quite a bit of money, especially if you can get like, yeah, especially if you can get like artesian soaps, like fancy Fancy shit. You just add a little bit of something to it, and then you know, uh, fat rich white ladies love that shit. You know, yeah. The the little, twenty dollars bars little of medicinal
1: oil in there, some lavender, or some. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know what people have. You know, patchouli. You can mix in some kind of hemp For oil or something, and uh, yep. I don't know what you do, but <laughs> I know there's a market out there.
2: Yeah. Another, another great moneymaker is bees. Now bees take a couple of years to really get established. Okay. But you can do bees on, on, you know, a quarter of an acre of land. You really don't need much land for, for bees. Uh, You know, all you really need is something, a big enough space to set up a hive and bees are going to take care of themselves. Um, Um, And nearby water supply other than your,
1: a nearby water supply other than your neighbor's pool is always a plus right right now one
2: thing to warning is uh you know people get stung by hornets and wasps and and shit all the time anytime your neighbor gets stung by a by a hornet or a wasp they're gonna blame your bees for doing it because people are you know they can't tell the difference between a fucking bee and a and a hornet um bees don't really sting people very often Nine times out of ten, it's yellow jackets or you know some nasty shit that that does nothing and produces nothing, and it's just a, um, you know, but they're gonna blame you. They're gonna blame your bees for it.
1: Oh, no, I don't even see bees anymore. As long as if there weren't for beekeepers, I didn't even know bees existed.
2: Yeah, well, um, you have to spray pesticide all over everything. I'm I'm working on that. I'm trying to kill off the bees in New York State. Nice, doing that nice, yeah. Have We're all standards. And yeah.
1: Um, yeah, no, you're a hundred percent with the home butchering. Another thing would be, uh, you know, we talked about gardens, but having like an orchard, um, fruit trees really, and you got to find what really grows in your area, you know, and that's, you know, you need to base it on your climate and that will make, you know, your production and your results a lot better, you know, up in New York apples seem to be the thing. Um, I don't know. There's all kinds of things in the South. People are growing apples, but definitely not as much. Um, you know, we have more like peach trees and that kind of stuff, but you just find the fruit that works for you. Uh, cherry right. trees. Now, yeah, go ahead. Here's
2: one of those things. Fruit trees are one of those things that you want to be, uh, you do want to be conscientious about pesticides. You might have to use them uh, because the bugs will, Love fruit, man. They'll get into your peaches. They'll get into your apples. They'll get into your, you know, whatever it is that you're growing. The the bugs and the bee, the birds and the bees are gonna be, or the the birds and the and the uh, and the insects are really gonna go after them. So you want to be conscientious about that sort of stuff,
1: right? And I mean, there are medicinal things you can look at, but it's something you need to you know kind of be aware of and check it out, and figure it out. Um, yeah. next is, uh, water Now water is a whole, uh, different thing here. So one, if you have a well, that's, that's great. If you have some kind of stream or pond or different thing on your property, that's, you know, another, you know, great source for you. Uh, you can also do, uh, buy like a well point. And drive Uh a well into the ground and do a hand pump, depending on the water table and where you are. Mm -hmm. Um, Something like that, if you're not allowed to have like a traditional well in your uh, community, some places they're so worried about you paying for community water kind of thing and being connected to the grid or whatever, they actually make it illegal to have a well but a lot of times you can get around that with the little hand pump kind of and be like, oh, yeah, it's decorative or whatever. Or, you know, right. something where you can do your garden plants or like that. Um, yeah. If, a well point. Way, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of places
2: you you have to get a, a permit, a well permit. Right. And if you're doing it for, for gardening and things like that, it's a lot easier to get that permit than if you're trying to plumb your house with it.
1: And obviously a lot of places, there's no permit at all with, you know, something like that. But yeah, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. I thought I could do what I wanted on my own property. But
2: apparently, apparently that's not the case.
1: You know, I mean, even collecting gutter, you know, rainwater off your roof in some places is a uh, problem. Yeah, that can be against the law. Uh, If you live in that communist state, you may want to move. Yeah, get the fuck out of there. Uh, but you know, Hey, to what you, you do you right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well point is something pretty cool. If you go on like agri supply or probably tractor supply might have them or be able to order them for you. Um, And then you just basically screw it together in pieces of pipe and you just bang right. it into the ground and mm-hmm. you pretty much can put one of those little fancy fountain wells, you know, on top, which are not very expensive. Again, mm-hmm these are going to work for where your water table is going to be 20 feet, 30 feet. They're not going to work when you have a hundred foot, you know, it's, it's not going to happen for you. But if you look around maybe little divining rod action, something like that, you can definitely get in on that. Another thing would be just setting up a way, you know, this again, depends on your side of size of property. Um, there's a lot where you're not going to be able to really uh, do something. Now, sometimes you can do the little like waterfall set up with the plastic tub. That's actually mm-hmm. not a bad way to collect some extra rainwater and have it on hand, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're talking about size. Uh, if you can dig a big pond, something like that, maybe you're the guy with the tractor and the big, you know, clay backyard and you can, right. you know, do that. Or you have a natural spring. How awesome is that? You know, there yeah, are different Max, things you can look for. Speaking Go of ahead. I'm actually, I've, I've got a natural spring
2: on my property and I'm in the process of actually building a, a small pond, you know, using that spring. <clears throat> if you can do something like that, where you can just dig down. And even if you're getting a, you know, just a couple of, uh, you know, couple of gallons a, a day. Um, and you can keep that water moving. You can, you know, you can yeah. build your own pond pretty easily, pretty, pretty inexpensively. And having a, a small pond on your property, even if it's a little guy, um, you know, it's a big benefit, especially if you have livestock, if you have right. rabbits, ducks, goats, uh, any of that sort of stuff, they, you know, they love that, that, you know, source of water that they can get to, even if you haven't, you know, brought in any, uh, any water out, filled their buckets up, you know, up to the top every morning, they can still get to, you know, get to some, some water, water source. It's really, uh, you know, it's a big, big benefit if you're able to do that.
1: Right. No, that's it. Just be aware of what's around you. And like I said, collecting rain or different things, there's a lot of options available to you. And cause gardening does take water and it does take a lot. And you know, that kind of thing, if you can collect it, And use that, you know, outdoor water and as opposed to, you know, water you might be paying for or depleting your well, you know, uh, again, it takes a significant, you know, if you have a reasonable well, it shouldn't be a problem, but, you know, it all depends on the climate you live in and, you know, what's available to you. So just something to be aware of and realize, you know, collecting water, but these are the things you know that when you're homesteading. Uh, another thing people like to get into is dogs, mm-hmm. um, some kind of security and protection on the homestead. Uh, right, Kevin. Uh, actually, wait, you have like an Australian Shepherd, right? That's your guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know herding dogs are real great when you have livestock because they they almost naturally know what to do. Um, yeah, you know it's like instincts. They just they just know about keeping thing you know keeping the herd together uh moving things they know how to move things around in the right direction that, that that you know they need to go when it's time to you know get everybody into the coop they know how to round everybody up you know it's it's like i said it's you you don't even have to train them you know right you, you should train them because you can, oh. they can get a lot better at it but
1: yeah you know, kind of like instinct- the blue healer that rounds up people and just bites their ankles all day you yeah just you train them bite to them until not they're do that. yeah yeah because, yep. yeah, that's Keep what they're supposed to do children. with cows. But, yeah, uh-huh. I have uh, the half-hound, half-Australian shepherd, and he mm-hmm. likes to herd the uh, four-wheeler as I drive around the backyard.
0: <laughs> yeah, He likes yeah, to run likes under the, the tires
1: the and what? bark at it and get excited. Yeah, so, you know, we all have uh, – that's where the training might come in. I don't know. Something mm-hmm. to think about.
0: Yeah, um, now a lot
2: of people breed dogs, and you can actually make quite a bit of money by doing that. If you know, if you are going with with any sort of purebred, um, yeah, which you know can be a little bit expensive to get started, but a lot of people you know buy spend a lot of money on dogs and then just get them neutered anyway. Um, so yeah, just they do. not do that. Get a male and a female, and uh, you know you can you can sell some of those some of these dogs. You can sell for you know one or two thousand dollars a piece for specific breeds yeah but um you know it's also good to have them around your property when you're doing homesteading uh like you said for security purposes um yeah just keeping the the foxes and the coyotes uh away from the house let alone um you know random uh random assholes i got a a neighbor that randomly comes to my yard to to look at the ducks and um like just lets herself right in the gate goes right in there. Like it's her fucking property. Wow. And uh, she's scared of that fucking dog though. <laughs> Whenever nice. I see her ass out there, I fucking let that dog out the fuck out of here. Linda, nobody
1: likes her ass. <laughs> nobody likes Linda. All right. Nobody Good likes. no. Um, another thing, like when you are doing all these kind of self-reliant activities and getting outdoor, um, Another part of self-reliance would be uh, like first aid and mm-hmm. just imply, you know, get a little training, keep some stuff available to be able to kind of take care of your own uh, needs as things come up um, and just be aware, you know, it's basically working on moving towards self-reliance. You know, mm-hmm. I would even take it one step further, buy that shotgun and shoot the neighbor that comes on your property, you know, hey, yeah, maybe, maybe I to Maybe you shoot a couple holes in Linda and she doesn't come back anymore. I guess that's a little far. You just shoot the dirt next to her. That's all. Mm-hmm. Shoot her in the ass to get her moving. If you come out, and you're like dance, dance, and just start kicking up dirt around her. You know? Yeah,
2: I don't know. I don't know how what the police think about that sort of no, thing. That's but not. We'll we,
1: we've gone a little too far. I mean, they're, like I live in New right York. If this is end.
2: Texas. If this was Texas, it's it's fine because it's trespassing. But New York, like you have to physically being a be, you know, getting your ass what to do anything to defend yourself. So, you know, whatever. It's not my fault. My dog bit you in the ass.
1: Or is it? Oh. In New York, it is. Uh, it is. Yeah. You but look. um.
2: Yeah, I think, I think anything you can do to make yourself more self-reliant yeah. is a plus. Um, anything you can do to produce your own food, your own water um, is, is a big plus. If, if we ever run into another major emergency in this country, which, you know, it happens yeah. pretty frequently, it's, it's nice to be able to um, isolate yourself and still take care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to go to the fucking grocery store when everybody else is in a panic going to the grocery store. Um, You know, we talk about prepping and, you know, storing up food, storing up all, you know, resources so that you have them in an emergency. But it's also nice to be able to make your own resources and produce your own food. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of what this podcast is about. And if any of you guys are doing any of these uh, homesteading things, I would love to see it. I'd love to see your chicken coops. I'd love to see your, uh, your ponds. I'd love to see your, um, your bees, uh, go on our Facebook page and, and, you know, post some pictures. I'd love to see your gardens and, and what everybody's up to. Cause I, I always, I love doing this podcast. I think one of the main reasons I, I like it is, is that I run into so many people right that are do doing so community. many interesting things. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that people are doing that I never even thought of, you know? and uh it's always great to see people out there you know doing for themselves and taking care of their families and taking care of uh their communities and uh you know it's a it's
1: a it's a big plus for doing this this podcast yeah no it really is and it's nice to have the community and share it and it's fun it's nice to know there's other like-minded people out there, you know, people on the same page that you're not kind of completely crazy. You know, we joke around, we say stuff. It's funny. We always get like, I'll read the truth, of the reviews every now and again, and they'll be like, these guys hate cops. Ah, they're, you know, whatever. And I'm like, "Eh, no, really listen (laughs) to the podcast. If you've been around for a while, you know that we think a lot of cops are cool and there's a lot of great things out there. We do have a Mm -hmm. decent amount of listeners that are cops and and cool. We just don't like idiots. And guess what? Yeah. There's idiots idiots in all walks of life. You don't have to be a cop to be an idiot. They're everywhere. Cops. There's a lot of cops that are really great guys. And, you know. Um. There's guys out there doing the right thing. It's just when we talk about idiots, we're talking about idiots, you know? Yeah.
2: No, I I do listen, I do go through some of of our uh, podcast reviews, and some of them are uh, are classy. Like they'll pick out one sentence and be like, these people are trash. But, you know, whatever. We make our podcast, you make your own if you don't like it. That's true.
1: So. That's it. You got anything else you want to want to touch on before we end I, I this? I feel like we've we've caught it all up. You guys can uh one oh I uh yeah, we we did uh just put in another order for patches. So uh you guys can uh rest easy that if you're on Patreon or something like that, you can get your own patch if you sign up at patreon.com and pledge to donate, but you're still a few weeks out if you're going to you know, wait for that patch. So if you want to wait to sign up, that's up to you, but we will uh, send out patches to all the people. I think I had about five people on the list who, you know, are due patches and we just haven't gotten around to it because we've been waiting on an order to come through. Um, yeah. But you can do that at patreon.com slam prepping badass. Also uh, you can, uh, to have comments questions concerns topics show ideas things you want to talk to us about maybe you just need a friend then shoot us an email at prepping at gmail.com and we'll see if we can't get back to you otherwise stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next week the survival and basic badass
2: podcast is a proud member of the self-defense radio network <laughs>